your host, Chelsea Myers, and today I am so excited. I am here chatting with Manal, Manal Sampat. How are you, Manal? I'm doing fabulous. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you. So I'm going to read your bio a little bit slowly because it's so exciting to me and I want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but let's see. Okay, so... Here, Manal is that your best-selling author, speaker, marketing strategist, social media coach, dental hygienist, and enthusiastic shoe lover. So, let's start there. Um, <laughs> which came first? Um, were you always in social media, or was it you were in dental and saw the need for social, or? Was it the shoes that inspired you? <laughs> well, no. I mean, I did fall in love with shoes when I was five years old. So shoes definitely came first. Yeah, yeah. My mom has stories of me. I was always a good kid, you know, but she has stories of me like this one time. And I remember these shoes very well. They were tiny. They were these white sandals with three little flowers on them. And I was five years old and I wanted those shoes. Like there was just no way I was leaving that store <laughs> without those shoes. And I was a good kid, but oh no, with those shoes, that's when she realized how stubborn I was and how much if I wanted something, I'm going to go get it. But I, I was that annoying kid that rolled around on the floor and screamed and yelled until I got those <laughs> shoes. And my mom realized that, okay, she's a shoe girl. This is, this is, my, this is her life now. So the oh. shoes came first. Uh, marketing has always been there. You know, I grew up in a business okay. family. My parents are business owners. And I actually studied communication and biology at Rutgers. So I was always between, and I was pre-dental, so I was always between one or the other, and I was trying to figure out which one do I want to go. But I studied marketing, and I was in marketing before I even went to hygiene. And the only reason I went to hygiene school uh, was to understand clinical care and patient perspective and communication and all that. So I've never uh, really practiced more than you know twice a week. Uh, I haven't mm -hmm. practiced in the last five years. So yeah, it's actually you know opposite scenario that you usually see hygiene is going to marketing but for me it was marketing went to hygiene and still in marketing yeah that was really insightful too to get to really understand the perspective of the clients that you knew that you wanted to serve wow i love that okay and then you grew up in st thomas what was that like and amazing you know i mean what <laughs> you're you're growing up with the best beaches in the world yeah, and 85 degree weather all year around. There is absolutely nothing to complain about it. It was absolutely beautiful. I still get to call it home. My parents still live there. So I get to visit all the time. And yeah, I'm an island, island girl through and through. Yeah, you're always at a beach somewhere. <laughs> yeah, it's my mission. That's my goal in life is to visit all the beaches, all the beautiful beaches in the world. So how many more do you have to go? A lot more. The world is very big. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more. <laughs> Do you find that you go to some of your favorites frequently or you just keep trying to do new ones so that you can get that world, all the world beaches goal? Well, I mean, for me, I, I you know, when I go home, I'm home. Like home is, right. my husband often says that you are very biased because I grew up in the Virgin Islands and I love Megan's Bay and Trunk Bay, which is in St. John. I love the BVIs, Joswin Dyke. Anybody who's a beach lover knows all these beaches, White Bay. So I, when I go home, clearly I frequent my home beaches a lot because that's home. That's where I grew up. That's right, where, you know. Right. But uh, after that, no, I take multiple beach vacations every year. So we just... Uh, you know, we just checked out Anguilla. We were in Turks and Caicos where I'm having my next event. Uh, um, you know, we have Aruba. On the, there's a lot of different places on the list that I, we just went to New Zealand, went to Queenstown, which is also has beaches as well there. <laughs> and and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm trying my best to get to as many as I can. 
Yeah, no, there's something so inspiring about being near the water. Um, you know, I'm, I have an event coming up and luckily it's near the beach as well. But when it, when not, um, the last time we went to speak, I made sure to find what was the nearest lake because you can really just clear your mind and do so much um, creative work when you're out in nature and especially near the water. So I'm with you on that 100%. Very cool. Talk to me about, um, talk to me about your books. So I have one book mm -hmm. right here. Um, and it's called why your marketing is killing your business and what to do about it because I'm a marketing strategist. So I don't have products to sell. Right. So I don't do your website. I don't do your AdWords and all that stuff. I'm a specific strategist and coach. So one of the things that, uh, I'm known for in the industry is to make sure that whatever your marketing budget is right now to lower it by 20% and still increase your production. And that's why my book is called why your marketing is killing your business and what to do about it. Because there is, in my honest opinion, there is too much marketing and there is too much noise when it comes to marketing. So, uh, yeah, I launched it in January of 2020. It was when it was published and, uh, it became an Amazon bestseller in five countries. So I'm very happy about that and thankful for that. And it's still, still going strong. So, it was a, it's been a great journey with the book. Way to go. Can you talk to me more about that? Because I sit in on a lot of conversations or just hear them in passing about, um, you know, how it, people get excited. They want to spend money on marketing because of the end result that they believe it will produce. But when you say, actually, I think there's too much marketing, too much noise. Talk to me more about that. Well, I think a lot of times is that we are trying to market to everybody, right? Like one of the first things in marketing is to know your audience, but how many of our practices know their audience. So when I get on the phone with a practice and I'm like, who's your audience? Unless you're a specialty, you don't know your audience. You're like, well, I see, I'm a GP. I see everybody from, you know, age two right. to hundred, whoever will come to my practice, but age two to hundred is five different generations you're trying to market. And if you're going to focus on TikTok, but you really want to bring in seniors and you have mm -hmm. nothing happening with, you know, proper phone calls or text, then it's not going to work. If you're trying to bring in Gen Xers, who are very busy parents and young families, you want to bring them in, but you have no way for them to do online scheduling, no way for them to connect with them at where they are with Facebook groups and stuff. You're missing out on that revenue. You could be spending thousands of dollars elsewhere, but if you're not where your audience is, are you really getting the conversions that you need? So what, one of the things that I always believed in is to build that avatar, to build your clients, to build your, know who your audience is and then be where your audience is and then become the best there. So for example, one of the most um, underutilized ones that I think is Nextdoor. Nextdoor is completely free and it's in your community. Mm -hmm. And so many of the neighborhoods are in there and people are asking questions in Nextdoor and they're talking, I mean, this is your actual neighborhood. But mm -hmm. how many practices do we know have claimed their profiles or are doing ads on it? Like I have practices on Nextdoor who are dominating it and <laughs> everybody in their few mile radius comes to them and next door is free and they spend minimum on ads there but in the neighborhood they're the talk of the town because everybody's talking about them on next door right so there are so many clever ways that you can go in front of your audience it's not always spending tens of thousands of dollars uh, on marketing yeah, I love what you're saying. And you know, that's an important part of the work that I do when I'm coaching clients, but for a different reason, because I find that when my clients 
don't have a really clear understanding of who they want to serve and what they want to spend their time doing, um, it leads to burnout and they're not satisfied with their careers. And then things like this, we end up spending money getting more of the types of patients that we don't even want in our practice. It's the work we don't want to do. And so I love what you're saying here because um, it, you're right. There, Once you know exactly what you're doing or who you're going after, what are your favorite treatments to perform? What are your favorite types of patients to be around? Um, it becomes a lot more automated making those decisions, but talk about building a client avatar or an ideal patient avatar. So I kind of deep dive into it in the book as well, but there is in the book, I talk about one specific method, but there's three different ways that you build your patient avatar, right? 